Hey, welcome to Answer the Call. I'm Kelsey Kemp. I'm a career coach specialized in helping Christians discern their callings and actually land a job or start a business that allows you to fulfill it. In this season, by the way, welcome to season five. This is so cool. So you're going to hear me address the 10 biggest questions we have about our callings week by week. We'll be covering questions like, can you miss your calling? Does physical, material, or secular work really matter to God? Is it selfish to want to be fulfilled by work? Oh, what about this one? So wasn't work cursed with the fall of man? And is it therefore unreasonable to expect that work could be a purposeful, glorious gift? What about our true callings only for the special few? And so much more, including, oh, just one more kicker. So what about people that are oppressed and have little to no choice in their careers? Are you telling me that they have a calling? This is actually just a small sampling of the big audacious questions that we're facing throughout this series. And this season is as you'll probably be able to tell, I hope, the amalgamation of years of research and study and conversations I've sought out to get to this point where we could come together on some of the most daunting theological questions that often go unanswered and either consciously or at least subconsciously really hold us back from the blessing and the purpose of work that God intended actually to build his kingdom here on earth with a vision and life. So anyway... <laughs> I get all caught up in this. So in these episodes, I want to say, actually, you're going to hear me mention a PDF guidebook that is designed to accompany this series of 10 audio lessons. So it's a 27 page download with all the scriptural references and additional detail and examples to answer each of these questions for you and that you'll hear me addressing in these episodes. So you can get this as well as instant access to all 10 episodes so you don't have to wait for them to come out week by week bundled for you as a little e-course how cool <laughs> at kelseykemp.com slash module one where it's like your little personal library all in one place and you could even share it with friends i really believe that this is something to be spread so you might be asking why module one why is it kelseykemp.com slash module one <laughs> that url one more time it's because this series was actually created for the members of the Calling Academy, which is my signature course helping you clarify your unique purpose and find the job or the business idea that God is calling you into to fulfill it. And this series was created to help the members align their beliefs with God's beliefs about work before they dove into the practical steps of discerning what they were called to do. And we are actually wrapping up this current co cohort in the next few weeks, but you could get on the list to be able to enroll when the doors reopen at the end of September or early October and get on the wait list at thecallingacademy.com. Uh, also, if you just go to my homepage, kelseykemp.com, everything's linked there. So, hey, as you listen, last thing before we dive in, I'm going to ask that if and when a friend comes to mind who you know would be encouraged by this episode, please send it to them. So if you're anything like me, I really found this stuff to be radically encouraging and honestly so freeing and tangibly influential in my career and so i'll remind you again at the end of the episode but just for now be thinking about a friend or a small group or your small group from church um, that you might want to send this to as you enjoy the episode all right now let's dive into today's question all right next big question 
wasn't work cursed with the fall of man, you know, when sin came into the world in Genesis chapter three, as we see it. So yeah, I get asked a lot. Wasn't work cursed or essentially, I think some people are subconsciously asking or overtly asking at times, is work a curse? And therefore a secondary question is, it unreasonable to expect it, that it could be purposeful and fulfilling? Is that just dumb to expect since I'm pretty sure work is a curse? Let me clear up both of those questions. I think it's actually such a miss um, or a, a really unfortunate uh, mistranslation or miscommunication. How about misconception? I think that's the right word. Uh, it's all of those things. So let me first, before digging into where this misconception comes from and what the truth actually is, let me first ask you, do you go about your life wondering, is it unreasonable for me to see marriage and bearing children as a glorious and purposeful gift? Like, do I question that that is good and question my motives in wanting it? I'm guessing you just had a strong internal, no, of course not. Like, are you questioning that children are a curse? I don't know your background and your thoughts on this, but generally speaking, most of the time we don't really question that so much. So I am bringing that up because first let's look at this famous fall of man passage in Genesis 3 and see how funny it is. I don't know why work gets such a bad rap when right before it, God says all sorts of things about childbearing. So I'll read it. It says um, in Genesis 3 chapter or chapter 3 verses 16 through 19. And this is immediately after Eve has famously eaten from the forbidden fruit or um, eaten the forbidden fruit from the tree. So I quote, to the woman or God is speaking, it says to the woman, he said, I will make your chain, your pains in childbearing very severe with painful labor. You will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. And then to Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you through painful toil. You will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. I know many of us are very familiar with that, but it seems that we don't question uh, or have um, childbearing or marriage or uh, the growth of your family uh, get in the crossfires of this um, misconception as much as work does. So yes, did the description of work you just heard sound like no fun to say the least? Absolutely. <laughs> but the distinction here that I'm about to make changes everything. Work is not a curse, just as children are not a curse. Work and procreation were and still are given as a blessing. A blessing, because remember it said in the first chapter of Genesis in verse 28, we hear the first um, command, it said, God blessed them and said, 
be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Essentially work. Our very first command is to work. Isn't that crazy? And it said before we were given that command, it was a blessing. God blessed them and said, and that didn't change. And so no, just because sin entered the world, work did not change from blessing to curse. It is our experience of work, our experience of childbirth and of life itself and many of its elements that is now subject to the pain and brokenness as a result of sin and disobedience. So what does this mean for us? Of course, that even unfortunately in the best of days, in our peak moments, our experience with work still is subject to feelings of fruitlessness, frustration, and just unpleasantry. And yet we are still not totally counted out from experiencing the beauty of redemption and even moments of glory. And just as God still wants us to be fruitful and multiply, causing us to still eagerly have that God-given desire to unashamedly seek the gift of relationships, the family unit, marriage, children, all that, we are similarly called to remain eager in seeking the fullness of God's vision for work as a gift as we carry out our command to rule and subdue the earth, as we continue what God first modeled for us. He first worked. It kind of reminds me of this moment of like, we love because he first loved us. It's also that we work because he first worked as he was for the joy of it. Uh, committing himself to the activity of creating, cultivating forth potential and caring for creation. And we're meant to model that as we are the Imago Dei made in his image. And we are as image bearers, we act like him. (laughs) And so the word eager and the point I was trying to make moves me to my next point. When people ask me, isn't work cursed? Like I have kind of mentioned, I think the underlying question is, Well, actually, no, this is a new point, (laughs) but I think the underlying question here of isn't work cursed kind of with that tone, it's actually, I feel that people are really wondering, should I just let go of hope, you know, like since it's hopeless and should I just expect or accept the feelings that my work, it just is meaningless, tiresome and frustrating. Should I release the expectation that it could be fulfilling. I mean, doesn't that seem kind of ridiculous to hold on to since I know work um, is now just toil and frustration and something that's brought down upon me? No, it is, uh uh-uh. You are by no means, by no means meant to relinquish your hope and your holy ambition to claim the gift and the blessing and to model for the rest of the world who may not know their creator that this is a gift and life is beautiful in that many of its its redeemed elements are meant to show us our creator. And you know what is so cool? You know, I might have mentioned this as I responded to another one of these common questions, but just as um, it says in Romans, uh, I know in the other place I'm going to mention this, I will mention the exact reference, but we know that it says in Romans that creation itself, like no man is without excuse of knowing God because creation itself testifies to his nature and through it we are able to know him, at least in some measure. And I similarly believe 
um, this is just my belief that wouldn't it be reasonable to therefore also think that as we act as the Imago Day, we are also in our hopefulness, in our creativity, in our vision, in the things that we create and do and care for the earth as a response to God and out of praise for him, wouldn't that also testify to his goodness? And therefore, no, we are not meant to relinquish our holy ambition to have hope, vision, creativity, fulfillment in your work because it was meant to fulfill you. Is it our ultimate fulfillment? By no means. Guess what? The fall of man happened and work, we remember, okay, I I get so fired up about this. So we know in Romans 8, 28, that God works all things to the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And don't you think that still applies when he actually explicitly cursed our experience with these good and perfect gifts? That that was also meant to be a good gift to us because it also says, I believe it's in Hebrews, do not despise discipline for he does it because he loves our father in heaven does that because he loves us. He is our good and heavenly father. And so actually even our cursed experience with these meaningful things in life, such as relationships, uh, childbearing and work, um, just as, as those are subject to pain sin, brokenness, all of these things, we are turned back to even more dependence on God. And through that experience that kind of serves as discipline, we get to return to the gift, which is a relationship and communion with God himself through these things like marriage. I think that we've all heard like marriage is meant to make you holier and not happier. I don't know if that's the first time you're hearing that. I hope it's not too discouraging sounding. I still tend to think of things. I am like a very, um, ambitious person for like the goodness and the gifts of the Lord. So I'm not a very fatalistic person, but anyway, so even with that, we are meant to hold on to the gift of work and see that even when we are subject to the fruitlessness and the frustration and the pain of it now, even that is meant to be a good thing that turns us back to God. So back to my point, are we meant to kind of lower our expectations of work? Uh, no, not inherently. We know that it is not our salvation. It is not our self-worth that comes from the Lord, but it is meant to be an experience and an opportunity that actually allows us to know our creator more, commune with our creator more, rely on him, and also exert his vision and his gifts on the in the earth. And so that we are not meant to lose hold of that. And Christians are meant to be marked by hope. Um, And yes, we know that our hope is primarily in our future with God in heaven, but we are also called to be ambitious in our prayer that Jesus himself in Matthew 6, verse 10, uh, in the Lord's prayer, he famously says, uh, he commissions us to pray regularly and ambitiously that asking God to bring, like physically bring his kingdom here on earth to make it like it is in heaven. Isn't that amazing? And also in Psalm 27 verse 13, such a beautiful Psalm, we are called to 
mimic David in this way where he says, Lord, I trust you that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I am not losing hope, even though my foes uh, oppress me on all sides, essentially. You are not meant to lose hope that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so, yes, be unwavering in... um, in seeing work as a gift and not a curse and be unashamed. I think it's so interesting that we see um, similarly as we see Adam and Eve all of a sudden um, after the fall of man and after that instance in chapter three, we see that they covered themselves in shame um, because they realized their nakedness. I think that even in work, we could be ashamed that we now see our own pride in our dreams and we see our um, gross motives and we see our selfishness, but that did not mean that the human body is gross or shameful, just like we know our God-given dreams are not gross or shameful or something that you should always squander or hide just because it is subject to your sinfulness. So be unashamed in work as a gift that is meant to give you, actually, it's one of the primary ways that we, just like in God modeling how he used his time and how much work is a part of our lives, kind of quantifiably, it's meant to be one of the largest uh, actions in our life through which we are able to derive a sense of purpose. And that's a good thing. You're not meant to be ashamed of it. Uh, Just as long as... (laughs) you remember that you are meant to turn to the Lord for all things, but don't forsake life on earth in the material as only the spiritual matters. As you know, I covered that in another question, Uh, like does physical material work matter or is it only the spiritual? So anyway, I could go on as always in all of these things, but I pray that that really encouraged you and helped you to know that no, work is not a curse, so do not treat it as such, do not shy away from it, and do not lose hope or your God-given vision and boldness and fullness in it. Hey, how was that? Enlightening? I hope. Let me know if you have any follow-up questions or thoughts. You could always reach out to me on Instagram at Kelsey underscore the called career. And as promised, just three quick reminders at the end of this episode. Don't forget to go grab the free guidebook that you heard me mention a couple times in this episode at KelseyKemp.com slash module one. That guidebook, as well as the other 10 episodes, are all waiting for you bundled in a little mini e-course all about these 10 biggest questions that we have about our calling so you can finally feel free and clear and ready to go out and follow your calling for the glory of God and the good of others. So go get that free guidebook too. Don't forget to send this to a friend that you may have thought of or your small group at church or whoever you really think would be very encouraged and enriched by this episode. Three, of course, I always appreciate your support so much through a review. Makes a huge difference, as you've heard, rumor has spread. (laughs) It actually makes a big difference on podcasts if you leave just a couple, doesn't have to be fancy, words in a written review and hit the stars for a rating. I would appreciate that so much. And lastly, it's not a reminder, it's actually a little announcement that's kind of cool. So it is that I created a fun new page on my website 
kelseykemp.com slash free. And that is where I'm housing all the free stuff that I've created for you, resources for your career, for the discernment of your calling, job search tips, a lot of stuff like that, all housed at kelseykemp.com slash free. So you could just get them in any other free resources I have happened to mention over the long history of this podcast over there at kelseykemp.com slash free. And if I do say so myself, it's a pretty cute webpage. So go check that out. Um, The other announcement I have for you is that the Calling Academy, which I mentioned up at the front of this episode in the intro, is opening back up for enrollment and you could get on the wait list at kelseykemp.com slash TCA or thecallingacademy.com, whichever is easier to remember. Both URLs will take you to the same place. Uh, So, all right. I really hope this encouraged you. I'll talk to you next week when the next episode in season five comes out on Tuesday.